Election night, 1972. Richard Nixon wins the presidential election. The Republican Party gained 12 seats in the House of Representatives but failed to regain the majority. Senate Democrats keep control of the Senate. Early in the morning of November 8, 1972, President Nixon spoke to a campaign crowd following his sweeping victory after his Democratic opponent, George McGovern, had conceded the election by telegram. All of you should know that the one who stands in this position with four years ahead must think of what he wants for those four years. And we want, of course, many things. We want to do the very best job we can for all the country, for all people in our society. We want to have in mind, too, the fact that in this election, it was very unusual in another respect. It was not region against region. It was not one age group against another age group. It was not party against party. I think we can be proud of the fact that as we look at our majority, which is a very large majority, it comes from all of America. Let us remember that in these next four years, we're not going to work for one group against another. We are dedicated to work for all Americans to make this a greater country. To those millions of Democrats and independents who supported us, as well as, of course, to the Republicans who supported us in overwhelming numbers, they have, you have, our deep appreciation. To all those who work so hard, our appreciation. I'll never be able to thank all of you personally, not even get all the letters out that I would like. But I know what you did, and I know how much you contributed. I would simply like to leave one final thought with you perhaps in a personal sense. No one knows before the votes are counted how it's going to come out. No one really would have predicted after our convention uh, that we were going to win this kind of a victory. And now at the present time, I notice some of the commentators are referring to the fact that it may be the greatest victory in American political history. Let me tell you... I have two reactions to that. Of course, it's great on election night to think that we've won a victory, but this will be a great victory depending upon what we do with it. In other words, we win elections not simply for the purpose of beating the other party or the other person, but to get the opportunity to do good things for our country. And the next four years will be the time that we will try to make ourselves worthy of this victory. Coming up, President Nixon's calls with White House staff about his landslide victory and changes to the upcoming second term of his administration. Good evening. This was the day that comes every four years when the people of the United States choose one man to wield the greatest power given to any world leader. And it appears at this hour that they turned out in record numbers to choose today the next president of the United States. Despite rain over much of the nation, state after state reported long lines at the polls, some places so long that voting hours were being extended. The report seemed to put into doubt early on this election day at least one prediction of pollsters and pundits that there was widespread apathy over this year's election. Both Republican and Democratic leaders saw in these large turnouts hopes for their side. Republican National Chairman Robert Dole said that traditionally Republican areas of New Jersey and Connecticut were voting particularly heavily. Senate McGovern, uh, Senator McGovern's chief advisors noted a very heavy vote in Democratic areas, particularly black, blue-collar, and student precincts. Just a scattering of precincts have been counted at this point, but the figures are President Nixon, 218,000 votes. Senator McGovern, 115,000. That would be 65% for the president and 34% for Senator McGovern, and that's with less than 1% of the nation's precincts counted. But CBS News can estimate now, on the basis of its vote profile analysis, that in Kentucky, where enough of our sample precincts now have been counted, will go to President Nixon. His 
vote will be about 61% of the total when all the votes have been counted. We estimate to McGovern's 39%. The first vote to fall to first state to fall to President Nixon in this election night. We'll be back in a minute with more on the election story. That's how CBS News anchor Walter Cronkite started election coverage on the night of November 7, 1972. While network newsrooms announced the night's results, President Nixon called his special counsel, Charles Colson. The two discussed the early results in crucial House and Senate races. Hello. Well, congratulations, Mr. President. Well, what's it look like at the 8 o'clock reading? Looks to me like a very big landslide. Just about, uh, I think we're going to make honest men out of the posters. Where's it? Uh, give me a quick rundown on this. Well, Virginia's, they're projected, Virginia at 70 percent. They projected uh, Kentucky with almost all of the votes in now at uh, 65 percent. Uh, what about none? Is he out or? None is down by about 8,000 votes with 77 percent of the votes in. He could still win it, couldn't he? Yeah, you know, it, it's, we don't know where the votes, uh, where the precincts are that are not being counted if they're, if they're coming from Republican areas. Uh, I understand. I heard that uh, David's been reporting to me said that uh, apparently uh, Thompson uh, didn't make it. Thompson looks like he's down. Um, how do hand uh, this up? How do we do in Georgia? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> well, the last uh, figure, let's see, 77%. Uh, you're just overwhelming in the South. Uh, obviously, man, it's very, very heavy. Heavy at uh, what well, well, we expected. What we expected in the border states. They're projecting Ohio at 57, 58%. They've already called it for us. Uh, ballot before you uh, how did they say it I forgot how they said it, it was a, it, 
would notice were that we were doing extremely uh, hard, extremely well in some of the Cook County precincts. So we just made surprise that Prasad doesn't make a difference just so we do it. What about any northeastern state, Maine, Vermont, any of those? Vermont, they've caught up with 70%, uh, which is just what our polls should. Uh, New Hampshire, they've called, and uh, what about Powell? Uh, running slightly behind on the first uh, returns that I saw, but only Concord, uh, New Hampshire was in. That's bad for him. Uh, yes, it is. No, no, Concord's a bad area for him. That's right, Concord's a liberal area, and uh, that shows the independent Republican winning the governorship. If, if you project it, it's too early to tell New Hampshire. We will have... Uh, we should start getting Connecticut. We'll get Connecticut at 8.30. Connecticut will tell us what the Northeast is, and I think you can... I think once we have... Uh, figure Connecticut 55-45 or a little better, we'll do better than that. Now, I noticed one of the networks said 55-45. Somebody told me, but I thought, good God, we do a little better than that in Connecticut. No, we'll do better than that in Connecticut. We'll do, I would say, very close to... We should do close to 60 in Connecticut. We should be 58 to 60. And if we are, uh, then I think you can pretty well figure... Uh, Illinois holds around 60-40, or 58, Ohio at 57, then you've got 60% nationally. We'll make honest men out of the posters. <laughs> One hell of a landslide, Mr. President. Uh, I give them, uh, how about Massachusetts, got that yet? No, the polls just closed there at 8, and uh, the only returns we'll have will be uh, uh, city machines. There, there aren't many machines out because it's yeah, but we can pretty well project from those. I think I'll I'll be able to get us a fairly accurate. Well, if I say we've got to lose one, let's lose that one. Yeah, I, 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 that's that's the best one to go. Nothing yeah. from Wisconsin. Yeah, I think they've got Illinois. Uh, no, nothing from Wisconsin. Um, yeah, they're they're projecting uh, Illinois, but only on the basis of twenty thousand votes, and that isn't isn't enough to give us a margin. Well, yes, they. Jesus. CBS's estimate is 62% for us in Illinois. And, uh, well, then you got Wisconsin. No, oh, hell yes. If you're anywhere near 60%. Oh, no, they're, they're projecting Percy at 60%. By God, isn't that great? I thought that I, I've, I've had two sneaky hunches in this campaign. One is that we were going to pull this jackass Scott in Virginia, and the other is we'd run ahead of Percy. Uh, but if we could get Scott and Helms. And, and not lose none. God damn, in Kentucky, I don't know. You think he's gone, though? I would say, I would have to say so, yes, sir. Uh, oh. It's a damn shame, because that's one that, uh, uh, they're projecting North Carolina. Uh, no, they're not projecting it. Galifianakis is ahead slightly. But they're not, there's no projection on it. You can't, it's awful. How does it show us in North Carolina? Oh, they've already given it to us. But, uh, but, uh, but how percentage-wise, I think it was... Uh, 60, let's see, I made a note of that one, 60s, high 60s. All right. Florida, they projected us at 69, Georgia at 77. Uh, what was the trouble with Thompson? I guess that mail thing sort of killed him up. Well, I think the mail thing was very bad for him. Mr. President, I think he's uh, not the brightest guy in the world. Uh, a lot of those candidates aren't, unfortunately. Um, but also, you know, we're not going to worry about the Senate, we'll do Oh, we're going to pick up New Mexico. We're gonna, we, I think we'll pick up Bartlett. We'll get two out there. If you get two out there, you get, uh, if we hold, of course, we lose none. That's the problem. JV, I don't think we're going to be able to hold him. You don't really? No, sir. What? Have you had a late poll? Uh, no. The last poll I had was, uh, was the middle of last week. But uh, just knowing the nature of that state um, and the advantage that... Uh, we'll be lucky to hold the Senate where we are then. I would, well... We no, 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 that's no, a gain. No, we, could, we, we could pick up a couple. Uh, we may have some surprises in here. You know, it's hard It's hard to... Uh, We're picking up some house seats here in there, I notice. I would... Uh, one in Indiana, one in yeah. uh, Tennessee. Yeah, uh, no. I think we got one in... I believe we, it's, I believe we had one in Kentucky. Uh, well, I think we'll pick up in the South. We, we should pick up uh, uh, eight or ten in the... Uh,
JP loses if, uh, if, of course, Thompson is down. Helm's still got a chance. Oh, yes, Helm, they've only, uh, only 2% of the precincts in North Carolina. I wouldn't try to call Helm's at this point. Uh, you never can tell about Kentucky. It is a, a way I remember with Troost and Martin on occasion. Oh, runs way behind the season. And he comes in in the end. Yeah, I remember. Was he those, those eastern uh, counties are all ours? Yeah, and they come in the last. That's right. That's right. Uh, we might do uh, that. That could be pulled. So that would be the only. Well, let's see. Griffin and uh, South and uh, our fellow in South Dakota. Would they? I think Griffin will win. Oh, Griffin will win. Oh, hell yes. But uh, but uh, South Dakota. Well, it's a long shot. Could 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 lose that. That would be down two and up four. So we'd have uh, if Bartlett and Domenici come in and Scott wins. Uh, but if you get Domenici and if you get. President Nixon and Special Counsel Charles Colson on the evening of November 7, 1972. As the evening progressed, newsrooms reported on both the Senate and House races as control of Congress remained in flux. Here's a report from ABC News. We've neglected the House of Representatives tonight because it's been hard to get all those results in between the results about, uh, of the Senate races and the presidential contests. Let's take a look at the House board now. So far, the Democrats have elected 136 members to the House, 435 is the total. The Republicans have elected 94. The Republicans have won a net gain of three. We now have another major projection in the presidential race, Howard. ABC News will project that uh, President Nixon will take New York which is uh, a major state to take and uh, always hard for a Republican and requires uh, him to run well in New York City, what he's been doing. So far, there's very little of the popular vote uh, uh, reported. 
But our key precincts indicate that he will take it. He will win New York. That's 41 more 41 electoral more. votes, the second most populous state in the union. It used to be the first most populous. Well, we saw the House results a while ago. Let's take a look at how the Senate looks now so far tonight. The Senate races. The Democrats have won six. The Republicans have won five. The, Re the Democrats are the only ones who've gained a seat they did not have before. We'd like to take a look at two races that are very close and that deserve uh, watching. We haven't been able to declare because they've been too close. The state of Delaware, first of all, in the Senate race there, the incumbent senator, Caleb Boggs, is running a little behind a man named Joseph Biden, who is too young to go into the U.S. Senate. He won't be 30 until November the 20th. Boggs is following, lagging behind Biden. Senate candidate Joe Biden on his way to winning his first of six terms in the U.S. Senate. Later that evening, President Nixon continued his calls about election results with his White House Chief of Staff, Bob Haldeman. Okay, what's the uh, present situation now? Well, you want to run down? Uh, yeah, just, just going through it, they've, everybody's conceded Alabama, obviously. Well, I'm not interested in the states. I meant, okay. uh, I meant the percentages. Well, they haven't, they're still... Oh, they're not getting those. Well, run it over. Oh, I, I saw on the television the run down the states. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Percentages are running high. Yeah. I mean, the, the, what about what about the North? Uh, what about Connecticut? Has it come in? Yeah, Connecticut. They're projecting. CBS is projecting at sixty percent. That's good. Yeah. And uh, what's the margin? Like the Arkansas, they're projecting at sixty-five. Mm -hmm. Delaware at fifty-eight, mm -hmm. which is a little low. Well, it's a tougher state. Florida, one up's got it at seventy-five, and the other at sixty-nine. Mm -hmm. Georgia at seventy-seven. Lost, and one of the others projected him lost at 60%, but NBC says 50%, but it's 
and White House Chief of Staff Bob Haldeman from November 7, 1972. Again, President Nixon called on his special counsel, Charles Colson. The two began their conversation on the numbers coming out of Massachusetts. Thank you. 
that he predicted. And uh, it looks like they're saving one congressman. It looks like, uh, or maybe two. How do they do that? Well, it's amazing. The coattail thing just isn't working, is it? Well, you know, it's the penance vote, too, Mr. President. Don't, don't overlook that. Uh, I think New Jersey, we must have picked up the House seat or so. Oh, we have to. I haven't seen any of the results. We've got to have to pick 62. There. What is it? The New York figure you don't have yet. Well, the New York, uh, yes, there are two projections. NBC is projected on New York uh, 57%, but uh, CBS has predicted 61. So it, it's awful early, though. It's like kind of call any of those northern states. I, the penance vote is, uh, you know, I think is uh, really, uh, there's a lot of truth to it. I just talked to Herb D. Simone, and he said uh, he's going to win, but they've had the heaviest turnout ever in Rhode Island. And uh, you're, what about Chafee? He said, uh, well, there's no no votes reported yet at Rhode Island, but he thinks Chafee is uh, absolutely 50-50. He said he couldn't well, dare call it. He got it. We can just hold that one. That would be great. Well, we, uh, we do. we still got a chance to come pretty close in that Senate. Well, we, it was Harry Bird. Uh, well, uh, Helms, have we still got a chance there? Uh, not enough of North Carolina in the tail, but my God, you're running so strong. Well, Scott has a chance, I understand. Scott's ahead. Scott's running very strong. Yeah. Uh, the only other sleeper, of course, is Bugs in Delaware, who's is he behind? He's, well, he's running 50-50, and that's scary. We're carrying it. 58 percent. Yep. Michigan is the start. Oh, my God. They're projecting us at 58 percent in Michigan. You know, that last-minute stuff may have helped a bit there. I think that busing is. Yeah. They called me and uh, yesterday. Let's see what day is today. Tuesday. They called me yesterday and said that it was just a soccer. And, uh, yeah. So, it, uh, yeah, I think it has helped. And I think the Wallace are sending the Wallace team. Thank God we went in there. Well, you 
then you can't, you can't go lower because the South is just, uh, we're up to around 70% in the South on the average, I guess. Uh, California then coming in at 55, what does it say? Can't, can't overbalance that. No, can't. You'd still be at 60. Well, that's good. We'll know more in how long? About an hour? I would say uh, it's a quarter, uh, 20 minutes to 10 now. 20 minutes to 10, yeah, I would say a good bit more than an hour. Uh, okay. Yes, sir. Thank you, Mr. President. President Nixon and Special Counsel Charles Colson on Election Night 1972. After 11 p.m. that evening, Democratic nominee for President George McGovern spoke from his campaign headquarters in South Dakota. Thank you very much. Right here among my friends in South Dakota where this campaign began almost 22 months ago. uh, We now now bring it to an end tonight, and I have just sent the following telegram to President Nixon. Congratulations on your victory. I hope that in the next four years, You will lead us to a time of peace abroad and justice at home. You have my full support in such efforts. With best wishes to you and your gracious wife, Pat. Sincerely, George McGovern. The first first presidential concession that I remember hearing was that of Adley Stevenson in 1952. He recalled the old Lincoln story of the boy who had stubbed his toe in the dark, and when the lad was asked how it felt, he replied, well, it hurts too much to laugh, but I'm too old to cry. It does, uh, it does hurt all of us in this auditorium and many others across the country to lose, but we're not going to shed any tears tonight about the great joys that this campaign has brought to us over the past two years. All of the satisfaction and joy that we have found in these past 22 months are not going to be washed away with the tears and regrets of one night. We, uh... Democratic nominee George McGovern from election night 1972 announcing he had conceded the race to incumbent President Richard Nixon. After all the votes were counted, Senator McGovern carried only the District of Columbia and Massachusetts. Early in the morning of November 8th, President Nixon spoke with New York Republican Governor Nelson Rockefeller about his Democratic opponent, George McGovern, and the vote tally from New York State. Mr. President. Hi, Nelson, how are you? You've done me impossible. I just got back from the Shore Motel, and they told me me you called. You know, it's so hard to get through those shouting crowds, and I just didn't do it. But uh, it was great, the whole thing. I can't tell you how much we all... Well, I'll tell you, you know, you you, you, uh, did just what you said you'd do in New York. I'm your friend. What did, what did it come out finally in New York? Well, the television now is saying 59. 59? Isn't that something? Well, listen, 59 in New York? Huh? It's going to be well over a million. Oh, now. gosh, yes. Let's see. That's terrific. Well, and you still got a good chance of carrying New York City. <laughs> God, isn't that something? Unbelievable. Well, you may end up with 60 then if you carry the city. That's right, see. Yeah. And they say 42% of the Jewish folks. I gave you credit for that. No, I haven't done the whole thing, and no. we're just here with you. Well, where did I me get you at home? Yeah, I'm just thrilled. I'll tell you, well, that's good. I, I was, uh, had to wait around for McGovern to make a statement, you know, so late. I mean, you know, that the, the, the darn network for conceding it at 7 o'clock. That's right. Oh, believe but, me, we've been watching it all right, night. All right. Well, but I'll tell you, it's a great day. The only state now that we've lost is Missouri, is, is Massachusetts. And, uh, really? Did you get Washington, D.C., too? No, 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 we lost that, but I didn't count. Minnesota, there's some doubt about it. We don't know, but uh, suppose we get it, but that's good. It's quite, a, it's quite something. All right. 
President Nixon and New York Republican Governor Nelson Rockefeller in the early hours of November 8, 1972. Late that day, President Nixon went over presidential and congressional election night results with Republican strategist Harry Dent. The two broke down the numbers from races across the country. Yes, sir. Well, you survived. Yeah, you, you sure survived in good style, Mr. President. Yeah, I just saw you were on television a lot last night. I didn't see it, but I read the news from me this morning. Right. Trying to interpret everything. Well, I must say, the Southerners came through in great style. Well, the whole country did, actually. Yes, sir. The, on the Senate races, you know, yeah. uh, you ended up with a net plus of two in the South. Yeah. And in the House races, I think we're going to end up with a net uh, gain of about uh, five or six in the South. Yeah. We won some, and all of those were your victories, Mr. President. Your yeah. whole house won the governor's race. Did he win? Yes, sir. You did that. Everyone we won in the yeah. South was... What happened to Fletcher Thompson? I was so surprised. Mr. President, he, he's no candidate. All right. And the second thing was he, he abused that franking privilege. Let me ask you something else. Yes, sir. I wonder, Harry, if, uh, if, if really, thinking, speaking quite candidly, if whether that uh, House campaign committee shouldn't have run better candidates in the South. Now, they knew damn well, you know, particularly then they saw McGovern about to get it. Yes, that uh, good God, we could have, uh, with the kindness 
think he was about the worst uh, candidate, Harry. Yes, sir. Yes, what sir. he said, I think, he we're, said not, we're not going to let them get away with that. Charlie. Even last night, he started out nicely in his thing, but then proceeded to shut his jaw out and said he wasn't going to support, you know, this or that. Did you notice that? Yes, sir. What did you think of that? Well, he, as far as Grace, you know, I President, came on, I was, got, I thought, quite graceful to the son of a bitch. Right, sir. Mr. President, he came across to the people that way. Uh, did he? Yes, sir. Yeah, when he made that statement, he wasn't going to support you if you were elected and so forth. That hurt. Uh, but he came across with negative, negative, negative. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> now it's very important, it seems to me, for me, us to try to keep that southern race. Uh, yes, sir. I mean, for me to end. But by doing it, we're going to have to do it by inviting our Democratic friends in, are we, Harry? Yes, sir. You can't do it by just going with those small, well, except in the border states. Right. North Carolina's beginning it. But, but take Virginia. Virginia, Christ, our, our, it's a coalition of Democrats and Republicans in Virginia, isn't it? Right. Mr. President. But Georgia, for example, South Carolina, hell, you can't just run as a straight-out Republican. No, sir. No, you agree? I agree. In fact, you see, we picked up a house seat in South Carolina. That farmer I brought you in here one day. Yeah. And you shook his hand. He was a superior candidate, and he, he grabbed on to you, and that's what did it, by the skin of his teeth. But right. it, uh, we've got to get better candidates, and, we, and we've got to do something about the National Republican Party, Mr. President. We've got the National Republican Party is a, is, a, is a damn disaster here, isn't it? Yes, sir. I can tell you. No Spent question. $11 million in the off year of 71, and what the hell have they got to show for it? Right. And all they do is whine because they say, I don't come into more states. And yet, you know, if I had gone to more states, that could have mobilized more of our Democratic friends, too. Yes, sir. But you, you did it in the end by going to several states. They can't gripe. Well, I did, I did uh, six. And, and six Mr. President, also... And the ones they wanted. Right. Also, you I... You can't expect me. Nobody, actually, nobody asked me to go to Maine. Right. Well, uh, let's see. Allen asked me to go to Colorado, but God almighty, I couldn't believe, I knew we were carrying Colorado 65%. How in the hell could Allen lose? Right. I, part of his problem was he just ain't much of a candidate anymore. Right. Right? What do you think? Uh, you know, well, Allen's always whining. If you could get me uh, the latest in California, I'd like to have the latest return there. Yes, sir. And, uh, and the latest popular vote. And uh, uh, what is the latest popular The latest I've got is 5 o'clock in the morning here. and Republican presidential strategist Harry Dent from November 8, 1972. President Nixon became the first Republican to sweep the South, receiving nearly 18 million more votes than McGovern. President Nixon still holds the record as having achieved the widest popular vote margin in any presidential election. In the next call from November 18, 1972, President Nixon strategizes over White House staffing changes with Bob Haldeman. As this call begins, the two men talk about Secretary of State William Rogers and his preference to stay on in the administration. 
Yes, sir. What's the report? Well, I just got back, spent an hour and a half with him. All right. And uh, had a, he's going to stay on. He completely accepts all of the conditions, conditions understands them, and will go ahead with reorganization that you will make the decision on all appointments, as we're doing in all of our all departments, that promotions in the Foreign Service and any activity there has got to be based on loyalty, and I hit the Yoast thing hard, that uh, we've got to shift to working within the system, that we've got to get out of the president going through the agonizing role of being the referee and all this stuff, and uh, that you've got to agree to uh, work that out, and uh, it's got to be done. And he, but that end, that we have a clear understanding that the departure is June 1st or sooner. And uh, he said, absolutely. That He said, I just took June 1st out of the air, and it may be that it would be much better to go in May or even April. But uh, uh, in any event, that he said, I, I feel strongly I should go by June 1st because I don't want to get started on the European Security Conference because a new secretary should do that. Right. And also, it doesn't give the new secretary the thing we got to think. We can't ask a guy to take over the job for, you know, he's got to have his four years. That's the other thing. Yeah. Well, he's, he's uh, I think, you know, after thinking it all over, he, he, I hit him pretty hard on all the stuff. I said that it was kind of a surprise to go through the thing that we went through there because the, the uh, understanding, the, the thought that you had had, and I certainly had, was that Bill intended to leave. Right. That there was no intention of anybody firing him. It was a matter of confirming what we thought was the plan. And uh, he said, well, I did. It's not a question of that at all. It's just timing. Right. Okay. And I didn't want to look like I was being fired. Right. And then he goes into all this stuff of how, you know, the usual same stuff he went through with you, the loyal foreign service, yeah. all of that. But, uh, but you cracked him on Yoast. I sure did. And... Uh, He, he mitigates it by the uh, that whole Moynihan flap and all, you know, when he was friends at Yost. Yeah, but Yost was... If he's gone on the right ground, he wouldn't have done this. No, but Yost was disloyal before that. Well, I said, though, you know, the guy didn't change his thinking as a result of that. And, uh, you know, that, sure, that probably aggravated the situation, but it didn't create it. Good. And uh, Good. he agreed with that. Uh, All right. Well, I, did, I, I hit him hard on the, how rough it had been for you to, in some of these things where you've had to, on top of making the decisions and all, to get into a refereeing of a sparring match between him and Henry, and that uh, you just couldn't perpetuate something that, that's going to work that way. And he came back with the, you know, I understand that, but it's hard to work with Henry because he lies all the time, which is true. And Henry admits that. Yeah. And, uh, From November 18, 1972, a call between President Nixon and his chief of staff, Bob Haldeman. According to the University of Virginia Miller Center researcher Ken Hughes, 1972 was, quote, the best year of his political life. His diplomatic opening to China reached fruition with a widely televised trip to Beijing. Detente bore fruit with the signing of the Strategic Arms Limitation Treaty and a summit in Moscow and Nixon's decision to bomb North Vietnam and mine Haiphong Harbor to stop a communist offensive proved highly popular. When Henry Kissinger announced shortly before the election that he had resolved most major negotiating issues with North Vietnam and that therefore peace is at hand, it was only icing on the cake. 
During most of this outwardly triumphant year, however, a scandal of epic proportions was quietly growing within the administration. And that was, of course, Watergate. Next time on Presidential Recordings, the nomination of Chief Justice Warren Burger. The Burger Court dealt with everything from abortion to capital punishment to pornography, and it most likely ended Richard Nixon's stay in the White House in 1974. We thank NixonTapes.org, the Miller Center at the University of Virginia, and the Richard Nixon Presidential Library and Museum. Remember to follow Presidential Recordings so you never miss an episode.